Welcome to the X-Men Roundtable, an amazing group of divorced men who show up each week to a candid and short discussion about life after divorce from our various and unique experiences. I'm Jason Blount. Thank you for joining me and my friends Peter Hobler, Dustin Drun, Larry McGinnis, and Stuart Young. Here we walk shoulder to shoulder with other divorced dads simply trying to do one right thing after another as we share about relationships, fatherhood, ex-spouses, mindset, and much more. This is the X-Men Roundtable. Good afternoon and welcome to the X-Men Roundtable. Today we will be talking about how aware of you of how you're making your X or X to be feel. Are you purposely trying to belittle them, make them feel worthless, make them feel down, piss them off? What is it you're doing? Because whatever it is, however you're making them feel will impact your kids. So anybody have any thoughts to kick things off here today? I think my my own thought, sorry to just jump in, was uh, from my own personal experience was that I knew that whatever was happening at home when she was at home with her mum was integral to how stable and safe she felt. And so if I said or did anything that made her mum upset, not trying to appease her, not trying to be a doormat the whole time, but if I just was purposely doing things in order to make things a bit difficult, that would only reflect badly on my daughter. If her mum's in a bad mood, that's not good for my daughter. If my mum's, if her mum is feeling stressed, that's not good for my daughter. So my my thing from reasonably close to the outset was I've got to try and make this as easy as possible for her, even though I'm like inside. Because when it's easier for her, it's better for my daughter. And we were talking before we switched on the recording about how, what's that switch that went off in all of us that we managed to get to that place? It may have taken weeks, it may have taken months or so, you know, depending on who we are. But what's that switch? And that's what we're going to discuss now. And, you, and Peter, you mentioned awareness. How old was your uh, daughter at the time? At the time? Yeah, three. So it's, so for her, incredibly confusing. It's like we will live together for three all of her life, three years old. Okay, it's not much of a life, but for three years it was mummy and daddy together, and then all of a sudden she's got two homes. It's like I don't understand what's going on. Like why mm -hmm. am I? Why? Is, and hang on. So really confused at that time. I remember. Um. And so just trying to minimize the confusion for her was, mm. was my goal because I just thought any amount of uh, how much of this is going to reflect on her as she grows up to be an adult. I, I want to mitigate and minimize all of that if I can. Of course, I never managed to. She's still got things going on that I would postulate definitely relate to our breakup. From an early age because you know the whole thing of you get, get some get a child from between zero and five and that's where all the programming happens and that's where you create the person well in the middle of that she had this massive upheaval so you know she's going to have effects but i just want to make sure the effects were as small as they possibly could be mm. so i didn't want to add to them by antagonizing her mom in any way 
making her mum feel shame or making her mum feel angry or just any, I didn't want her mum to feel any negative emotion because it, it would just add to my daughter's confusion. And so, I, yeah, in a way, for, the, for a period, I just had to suck it up. I was so angry, but I just made myself suck it up. But if eventually, that just became easier and easier. And it got to a point within six months that I wasn't bothered by it at all. Mm. It really, mm. really wasn't. I could literally just go, I could give her a hug and go, hey, how's your day been? Are you okay? You need anything? You know, can I help in any way? What's going on with Hannah? Do you need her for this weekend? Whatever. We just, somehow we got to a place in six months from mm. incredible angry to kind of friendly again. Mm. So you took the high road. Is that what you're saying? You kind of took the high road with your kids and with as it related to your ex? I don't want to be like a self-righteous, I took the high road, you know, look at my halo or something. It was just, (laughs) I think any person, if they just were, as Peter said, if they would, if they just stood for a moment and were aware, how does my reaction, how does my action and my words affect my daughter right now? I know I want to get back at that, my ex. I know she's been a bitch. I know she's making my life hell at the moment or whatever, but how do I make sure that I don't contribute to, to more of that so that it's worse, it's even worse for my daughter? I told you about my sister talking to me on the phone when her kids were in earshot, when she's slagging off her, her husband. And I'm saying, stop, stop talking. What, just stop talking. And she's like, what, what? I said, I can hear the kids in the background. If I can hear them, they can hear you. And at the moment, you're slagging off their dad. Doesn't matter how much you might deserve it. That is not a good thing to do. That's not good for them to hear. And she'd say, oh, well, they know what he's like. And it's like, oh, my God, she's just contributing to this. Mm-hmm. And it just, it just made me, I'd already got past that by the time my sister was going through it. And I just thought, oh, I'm so glad I didn't. Mm-hmm. I, I hope I didn't. I can't say I didn't because I may have done, right? And I'm selective memory, roasting to glasses about the past. I may have contributed, but, but I hope that I didn't do it much. I like what you said and, and just reaffirmed because there's that point in time where, you, where reality sinks in and what the future's ahead. And you realize, you may or may not realize there's going to be effect on the kids down the road, regardless, because the the shot's been fired mm-hmm. and um i think that you asked about that switch getting flipped and again i really appreciate the way you you laid that out it was very well said and i, I agree with 100 percent of what you said but including the foibles there's times where i thought i did everything right then i looked in my review mirror and i thought oh oh I, I i thought i was doing the right decision i came from a point of desperation i made a financial decision it put me in a bad light with my my ex-spouse and she's mad at me and I found myself doing that more times than not. And then, then thought the worst when things were just fine. So those sort of things happen, but the switch that I, I learned, cause you mentioned, is there a switch? Is there a toggle? I think for me was, cause there's that here and now, like I, I'm so pissed off about this and you, this and that don't ever, but then there's that point where you just take a step back and you go, what do I want five, 10 years from now from, for my kids? And to take yourself to that point where you're 
three years in the future and you imagine what do I want my kids? I mean, what, not what do I want for myself, but what I want for them? Yeah. I want them to be in, I want them to be around me. I want them to be in my lives. I want to see grandkids playing around me. You have that vision, but no, get to that point in that switch where you go, what do I want for them? How do I want them to relate to other people? How do I want them to look upon themselves, their own state of readiness, their own state of resilience, their own confidence, how they socialize the, 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 the mates that they choose, the, you know, who, who they choose in life is going to be a reflection of, of what's gone on here. And so now I'm contributing to that three-year picture, five-year picture, 10-year picture. And I can't control that, but I've, I can at least influence. I can at least in that moment, think about what do I want for them a year from now, three years from now, and on down the road. And that for me was the switch that got flipped when I thought, okay, let me take the phone and go around the corner and Mm. talk or let me think about a better way of explaining uh, to talking to the kids to show up in front of the kids to and even being authentic to not say something but you have a frown on my face all you know just being aware of how we're coming across to the kids because they're sponges they're observing Mm. they're watching we all agree we've talked about that before because it's so important to all of our topics on divorce because it comes down to we're passing on something to the next generation but just to sum up my point, that for me, that was the switch that I had to flip was what do I want for them three, four, five years down the road. That that made decisions on what I did or didn't do for pursuing my career. It made it was part of my influence on some financial decisions. It was my, and again, not everything worked out right, but I know that when I look back, I, I had the best of intentions and I I put myself out there with that in mind, what's going to be best for them down the road while still trying to live my life. I wasn't saying I was a sacrificial lamb. I'm just saying that in those moments, that was the switch that I, that I learned to flip. Well, I think Jason, I mean, that's so important. Everything you're saying. And now here we are getting back to clarity, right? What is it you want for your kids? I think it's a key question. The second question that comes up then is how, can I, which you did obviously, but how can I, what is it that I can do to influence, to make sure that is more likely at least to happen? I think the kids need to see us initiating things, especially his dad asking about the other, the other parent, how they're doing, um, checking in to see where we can help, where we may think otherwise eh, they're on their own. Let, let them deal with this. If we're thinking that maybe we should take a step back and see, okay, wait a minute, I'm still the parent here, the mother or the father, and and to show interest, to show key, true interest of wanting to help out, um, to show support when times are bad, um, when something's going wrong in the spouse's world. Um, um, for me, I had a my ex spouse was going through um, a painful breakup with somebody, and in the midst of that, she was talking to me. And it was very weird <laughs> to say the least, but it was, a, it was a, I was attempting my best to be supportive and understanding. And, and uh, it's just, it's looking at those point, those, those opportunities to show support, to show to the kids, cause they're watching how, how am I dealing with this? Cause it'll, it'll reflect back on them. So it's just, it's looking for those opportunities to be of service, to show up, 
to do something extra. It might be getting some groceries and dropping it off. It might be, um, it could be a number of things. It might be seeing if the financial needs have been met with child support. Is there anything else coming up that I should know about? And it's leaning forward and having those conversations. And it's asking the kids, how's mom doing? And not, not in a nosy kind of way, just mm-hmm. showing keen interest mm-hmm. and, and a mm-hmm. desire to see the betterment of, of the ex-spouse. And I think a great starting point could be, you know, when something's going on, even thinking back to those times when, when things would get really bad. And I know for me, say I'm being accused of something, I'm being threatened. And when I start thinking about how I felt during those times, it's like, wow, this is terrible. I don't want to feel this way. And then ask yourself, is this how I want to make her feel? Mm-hmm. And I think when we really understand how we're feeling in a really negative combative situation it will make it more uh, it'll make it easier and more impacting for us to be able to shift to be more aware of how we're making the other mm-hmm. side if you will feel that makes well, sense. You know, I, as, I, as, I, as i recall as i recall i think all of you guys when you got divorced your kids were young or relatively young yeah my, my kids were uh 19 and 22 or so mm-hmm. um there's a lot of similarities i i in some ways age doesn't matter uh whether you're 22 or three uh and uh being already being the bad guy of my situation you know i already had the cards stacked up against me but when it came down to the kids um, I knew that they had a lot of processing to do, uh, and, and they were actually, uh, let's see here. One was in college, way in college. The other one was getting ready to leave the house. So they're already getting ready to go on their own, but they're still processing what's going on with mom and dad. Um, and the strategy that I ended up taking was give them time, give them space, give them time, but know that they, that I've got their back. And uh, I would say if anyone out there is in a similar situation, this seemed like a pretty good strategy. So what, so what did you do to make your kids reassured that you wanted the best for their mum, even though you were splitting up? Uh, well, like what you guys were saying was uh, never speak bad about her to the kids. And if they had a gripe, about her which didn't happen that often but uh if they had a gripe about her i said not interested unless it was you know a a legitimate concern um but and like you just said uh you know ask ask about mom you know is, is she dating anybody or you know but um yeah just time and space was a good approach this seems to be a common denominator. So I'm going to, sorry, um, um, uh, Dustin. I was just going to say the common denominator seems to be: do not talk bad about your ex with the kids. Yeah. That, that's like a thread that I notice amongst us, but in other people that I know have, that have got divorced and have done it well, that seems to be a common thread. Sorry, Dustin. Okay, I've been quiet this whole time, so I'll catch up on that right now. Um, First of all, I think we're all talking about, you know, we're still parents, even though we're not, you know, we're not husbands or we weren't, you know, 
when we went through a divorce, we weren't husbands. So that changed our identity in that, in that facet of our lives, but we're still parents. We're still fathers. We will always be the parents. We will always need to be a model for the, our children. And the things that we're talking about, about not, you know, um, throwing your ex under the bus or things like that, not only does that not, it, it sets the table, it sets the precedent and sets the boundary with how um, your kids maybe view their parent, their mother or your ex-spouse or whoever it may be. Um, and it creates some sympathy there and some empathy of that too, but you're trying to create and, and um, not create, but you're just trying to uh, uh, sustain maybe that relationship. You're not trying to break the relationship between your parent, the your ex and your kids, right? You, if you can, obviously that's the best, I, the, the best situation, the best scenario is for that, that relationship, relationship to stay as, as, positive as possible because if your kids aren't happy then nobody's happy you know whatever the other part of that of that we're talking about too and we talked about awareness in the very beginning of this conversation is that by not sinking to a level of you know that divisiveness with your ex with your ex or you know keeping it kind of above above the fray and keeping yourself in a positive mindset you you also i think you don't sink you don't fall in that that what do we call it before the um, what did you call it before Stu? the tunnel the 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 the, the golden the, bridge no the thing when you uh, like the ditch the the we we talked about it before a long time ago we talked about like um, trenches trenches you don't find yourself in that trench of trying to dig yourself out so you're keeping your head above water with that and it mm. creates a platform for you to to build on in a positive manner and it creates that kind of overwhelming or you know um that culture if you will that self-culture of this is how i'm going to be with this this is how i'm going to approach this it's going to be you know it sucks and i'm, I'm not happy with it on the certain you know but on the surface i'm going to make it um I'm going to make it as as smooth as possible. You know, we talked about we were before we hit record. We were talking about customer service and hospitality, and you know, um, in our businesses, <clears throat> you know, things could be falling to shit on this, you know, underneath the surface. But at the top, on the top level, everything looks has to look like everything's smooth and going great, right? You never let them see a sweat, kind of a thing. And so, um, for us, I think as parents, sometimes you know, with my kid, and I'll speak for myself personally, like I could be going through something. And if my kids ask me, how are things going? You know, you're like, oh, they're going, they're going great. You guys are doing great. Everything's doing great. You know, there's, and then you, you find other avenues, other resources to, to deal with your problems, but you don't run that through your kids that I don't, you know, um, I find, you know, resources like you guys, or, you know, other counsel where I can, I can, lay my stuff out and deal with them with them uh deal with things on that level but um my kids have their own stuff to worry about they don't need to deal with my stuff too yeah mm. so we should probably wrap up any uh final thoughts you're still teaching your kids and uh did we say this last time but we're not teaching kids we're teaching adults yeah adults. So still, still adults. true yeah, yeah. Mm. So even if we're divorced, we're we're constantly in that role, whether we want to believe it or accept it or not. It's it's a reality. They're going to look to us. Mm. 
Yep. And we're going to teach them how to argue with us too and how to treat us. So, yeah. We'll always uh, repeat and emulate what, what, what we're doing, right? What we're saying, how we're handling things. Right. And we know that you have to lead by example. And if the example you set is good, they, they stand half a chance. Well, and if what you get back is what is something you don't like, if you're seeing some a reflection, you're seeing a reflection of yourself in your kids. And so if they're showing up to you in a way that you're not like appreciative of, then you're probably the, the, the cause of that. So be honest with yourself about that. Be aware of that, that fact. And, um, you know, just <laughs> make a change if you have to, right? But, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Make, but be aware of it. I mean, be be cognizant and uh, self aware and aware of your surroundings. As as you know, your children are are telling you, are giving you a message. They're trying to tell you what's going on in the way that they can. Mm. Mm. Absolutely. Well, why don't we uh, wrap up with a, a call to action, which I think would probably have a couple steps. Um, feel free to jump in, anyone. But I would say the first step, and we talked about all these things during the call, but the very first step. Think of some times when you're not feeling good, when you're feeling upset because of something your ex has said or done, whether to you with the kids, not letting you see them, whatever it is. And think about how when you are saying or do something, reacting with anger toward her, to her, how it's making her feel, and then how that's impacting the kids. Because the kids, as I think we all agree, are so much more important than any of us individually. We're the ones setting the example. So as Jason pointed out, get clear on what you wanna create for your kids and then determine how you can help to create what you want for them via your words, your behavior, your example. And I think once you've gone through this exercise, if you will, can really help you to understand and get clear on how and where you need to create a shift. And Dustin, you would point out, you know, if you need to make, create a shift, create a change, I'm gonna say, you'll become more aware of when you need to create a shift. Mm. Any yep. comments on, on that, on the, the call to action? I think it's a big one. I would, yeah, I would just go with that one. Yeah. Okay. All right, guys, Solid. always a pleasure. Sorry, what, Jason? I said, that's, that's pretty solid. I don't think yeah. there's any more, more to add to that. <laughs> All right. Well, always a pleasure hanging out with you guys. And thank you to the, the viewers for you being here. Follow through so you can become more aware of how and when you need to create shifts for the sake of your kids. So All right. we care Thanks, about you guys. Yeah. Have a great weekend, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I'd say that's a wrap. We hope that our time together has inspired you, lifted you up, and given you hope. We all know how difficult divorce is, and so we believe it's important to share these things and let you know that you're not alone. As a man, as a father, as a human being, it matters how you show up in this world. So hang in there. Now, if you like what you got out of this episode, please be sure and hit the subscribe button below and leave us a comment or review. Oh, and please be sure to recommend it to a friend as well. Now, for more information about this episode and about us X-Men, simply check out the episode description. If there's a topic you'd like us to cover or just want to drop us a comment or a question, you can reach us at the X-Men Roundtable 
at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, and we'll support you in any way that we can. Now, until next week, friends, this has been the X-Men Roundtable. Thank you.